Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast La 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 Inner Wealth Podcast You know what day it is Inner Wealth Podcast Meditate and give So manifest the greater this And things all good Cause I say it is Investing in inner wealth Real generational wealth Is mental health It's an inside game No toxicity Let's talk and more listening Ladies and gentlemen, and now introducing David McCullough, founder of Inception, the first mental health gym. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. La 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 la. Inner wealth podcast. We have to All right, everyone, welcome back to the Inner Wealth Podcast. I took a little break, as you know. You probably people been messaging me. I appreciate all the messages and all the love saying, where you at, man? I need some more of that content. That makes me know that, hey, the content that we're putting out is that you find value in it. And I know you're going to find value in this conversation today because I have uh, when I have conversations with this person, this young lady, I have uh, I have some great conversations. So. Let's open up this conversation with Miss Alexis. What up, though? What up, though? Let's get it cracking. You back here from L.A. Yeah. Hey, Just how's L.A. LA right now? Because I'm hearing it's some it's some madness going on out there right now. I mean, it's it's a lot going on. Um, I'm thankful that I am disconnected from it. Mm. All is well in my, my in your spirit. world. Yeah, all is well in my spirit. Um, but yeah, it's a lot of, lot of stuff going on. So just staying prayerful over me and mine and over mm. the people that are going through it too. But, um, stay out the way like you would here in Detroit. Stay out the way. Stay out the way. Yeah. Cause I, I'm watching all these like smash and grabs and stuff like that. And people in like Beverly Hills. I'm like, what? This is where we at with the people. Yeah. I think, um, I think people can just get a little bit, uh, lackadaisical and, um, not, aware of their surroundings and I don't know I just no matter if I'm in LA or wherever I'm still alert and Mm. watching and aware um and I don't think that a lot of people in Cali tend to be like that well you grew up in Detroit do you grow up in Detroit yeah where where at off of Wyoming Outer Drive okay then we moved over to Oak Park okay and you've been there since then other than moving to LA yeah yeah, except for in college in Ann Arbor at U of M. How how was how has been your transition of going out there? And is this is this your first place that you've moved to? Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about this because yeah. I went out there. Yeah. Um, and I but I went out there during a the pandemic, so I didn't get the full effect of it, right? Okay. Because I'm like everything, and I'm I like that. I didn't want the full effect, right? Mm-hmm. But what's the what's what's some of the things that you saw? You were like, man, this is different. Hmm. Um, I'll start with the positives. One, the fact that I could drive 10 minutes and climb a mountain, um, the food was very healthy as Mm. well. So like, even if you went to, you know, a restaurant that wasn't so healthy, they always had 
vegan food options and mm. greens and salads because the culture in LA is very much focused on um it is it is very materialistic. It is focused on body image. But if you are health focused, that kind of plays to your benefit because things are set up to, you know, accommodate for that. Like I I was telling someone like the fact that I could go five minutes down the street and go to a, a medical spot and get a B12 shot mm-hmm. when my energy is lower, my cycle is coming up and I'm trying to prepare or whatever and do some biohacking. I mean, and they're everywhere, like as like everywhere. Like that was really interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also, I mean, you just you see celebrities all the time casually, like it's not a big deal. Um, I think in terms of things that I see that kind of threw me off, it was it's more so about experience. Mm. Um, you know, back here, if someone call you family, you really locked in. And cap, yeah, if mm. someone's like, like, what's up, family? Like, we don't just throw out that word family. We're not. We don't. Mm, okay. Not on the, not no. on the casual, like, what's up, fam? Not okay. that tip. Okay. But like, if you're really like, oh, no, that's my family. Like, okay. you mean that if yeah. you say that out here. Right. And LA, they'll call you family to do business with you. And I didn't, I know that. They'll call you family to do business with you? Yes. Okay. So, it, you know, people always say that business is about relationships and it 100% mm-hmm. is. I really believe that if you suck at people, you suck at business. It's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that people would fake the relationship with you to do business with you. Because it's just like, why don't you just tell me you want to do business? Because we could definitely run a checkup, but mm-hmm. you want to. Kind of like network marketers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I've been a network marketer over a good period of my life, so I know the game. Yeah, it's you, like you, you want to prep and prime and do yeah. all of that, and it's like okay, cool, but like you really could just tell me what you would like to do, so mm. that we could get it done. Um, and I definitely wasn't used to that, and, I, and I, I've seen a lot, I've experienced a lot that um, definitely took me um, aback. But again, it was it was about. Like, when I first moved out there, everybody was like, oh, you're not going to like L.A. because people are fake and woo-woo-woo. And I, it's definitely people out there that do fit that. But as for me and mine, yeah, we're solid. Yeah. Um, and I think it's just about being intentional about, you know, uh, picking your people well. And and what you said is being intentional. Mm-hmm. And like you said, from my way, because anywhere you go, you can find trouble. Everywhere. Or you can find the, the good part of it. Everywhere. Um, I've, I've always had this connection to Cali and L.A. is because everything that I do was always, like, okay out there. Mm. It was okay to do. Mm. It was okay to use the type of tools I was using. That was nothing. And if I had dropped an Inception out in L.A. 13, 15 years ago, I would probably have 20 of them. Yep. If not more. Without a doubt. But because I'm in Michigan and our thought process is a lot different, mm-hmm. you know? So what I found out there and what I've always known about the West, from Arizona to uh, Cali, mm. um, those are those are predominantly alternative health places. Mm-hmm. They believe in it. They buy into it. Mm-hmm. They, they purchase it. Mm-hmm. You know, so, yeah, you go around and you find biohacking facilities. I mean, biohacking is not even, uh, it's a cute term that Dave Asprey made. Mm-hmm. And probably about 2006, seven, And I started my business at that time. And so mm-hmm. I saw him like, yeah, like I'm the first biohacking facility. I'm like, bruh, nah, I had right. mine before you even thought about making yours. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? But that's just the openness down there and that. Mm-hmm. And that um, but I think that do you find that the world is changing where you start seeing that, that mindset take place and it doesn't matter where it's at? The mindset in terms of? The mindset of openness. Open consciousness, meaning that you're, you won't dismiss things 
you you actually take the time to learn about it and have an openness to it. You know, our people typically when we hear stuff, we just totally dismiss it. I mean, I think it depends on the person. Mm. I think it depends on the environment. Um, I think it depends on what you expose yourself to. I don't think that um, it is common for people in general to actively expose themselves to new. I don't think it is common for people to actively challenge their beliefs because mm. we're not we're not taught to challenge your belief. Mm. Test your faith. Go take your Bible. Take your Quran. Take your Gita. And test it. We're not taught to do that. So mm. we're actually taught, hold on to what you've been taught since you were three years old mm. and never let it go. Or you're going to go to hell or you're not a good person or you're not this or you're not that. So I think that openness can only come with what you expose your mind to um, and, and the people around you. If the people around you aren't open, you're not going to be open either because you're just, you know circulating and exchanging the same energy, the same knowledge, and the mm. same way of thinking. Yeah. I always say you're not a seeker of truth if you read the same stuff that that confirms your belief. Yeah. Well, how are you a seeker of truth if you only read things that 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 feel safe to you? Because mm -hmm. as you know, like I, 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 I knew this a while back, but um, there's a documentary that just came out on voodoo mm. and the history of voodoo. Mm -hmm. And you know, if you go look at the history of voodoo, like it's nothing like it was conditioned and presented to you. Mm -hmm. Voodoo was all all about the earth and connecting to nature, mm -hmm. but they made that <laughs> they made that a very bad thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so, so yeah, like testing your beliefs and being open. I'm open. I've always say I like this Wayne Dyer quote. You say open to all things, attached to nothing. Mm -hmm. I love that? that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that then that way you can let newness in. You mm -hmm. know. Um, and what, what are some of the ways that you found yourself, uh, you going through this transformation in terms of like, cause you didn't, you didn't always believe that what you believe mm -mm. now. So mm -mm. let's start where you used to believe and let's talk about where you are now. Oh my gosh. Well, there is so many different things. Um, I would say the most prevalent thing is probably, you know, my view on God and natural laws. And like, I'm extremely into metaphysics and metacognition mm. and science and mm. all of those things. But those things have only confirmed the truths that have been ingrained in me since I was little. It, it made my belief in God expand. It made me view him as bigger, more dynamic. It made me understand my connectivity to him mm. um, and helped me to understand the world more and how he created it and the natural laws that are set into place that govern this universe. Mm. Um, but I, I specifically remember a time with my best friend. It's her birthday, actually. Happy birthday, Ravy. But um, I remember being in my room and I, I get these downloads and the best way I can describe it is like if someone took a feather and this feather had a bunch of information in it and like swiped it across my face so I can feel it, hear it, see it, but it's temporary. And I know that I'm trying to get something and mm. I need to steal myself in order to hear it. And God was like, I'm about to show you some things about me that are going to totally destroy everything that you knew. And it was it quite literally was scaring the heck out of me to the point where like I had started crying and she just looking at me like, Are you good? Like <laughs> I'm like good? I'm like, I don't know what's happening, but something is about to happen and I'm nervous and yeah. um because I it was almost like I was um feeling what I was going to be feeling in the future. This sense of, okay, wait, so if this thing, this this way of thinking is not true, 
what does this mean? Like, you know, like, am am I, do I, is, is God still who I think he is? And it, did I do this right? Did I do this wrong? It was just, a, it was a crazy time. But I, I, I really just started seeing um, and reading sacred texts a lot differently. I started challenging my truths. I started being okay with reading things like the Gita, for example, um, okay with science even because I was taught, you know, like, you know, science is, you know, it was an opponent to God. Mm. I tell people all the time, God is the greatest scientist of all time. What do you mean? Like the way our, our bodies are built and created, it's it's immaculate. The way our, our, our brain is wired and our neural paths, like, do you understand how cold you got to be to do that? Well, when you say how cold you have to be to do that, you are that. Mm-hmm. You're not separate from that. Mm-hmm. So, um, and that was those were off air. I was telling you about how to know God and mm-hmm. the steps mm-hmm. and the levels. And that's kind of like it looks like he kind of took that from um, Abraham Maslow's hierarchy of need, mm-hmm. but put that towards because um, self actualization is the top, yeah. right? Yeah. So in Deepak Chopra's book, How to Know God, I am is the top. Mm-hmm. And you heard Jesus say, I am that I am. Yes. But if you go into the Gita, it says, I am this and I am that. Yep. And so I've been able to, and, and my my whole mind has expanded so much to the point where I, I'm, I'm on simulation theories. I'm mm-hmm. on holographic universe, and I've mm-hmm. been there for a while in mm-hmm. understanding that there's no such thing as God or not God. Mm-hmm. It's all God. Every, mm-hmm. This is like going in your body. Everything in there is God. Everything mm-hmm. you see is God. It cannot not be God. Mm-hmm. Right? Omnipresent. All energy. Mm-hmm. What is that? Atoms. All of this is made out of that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so, yeah, that, that, that going down that road and opens you up more than then you, your perception changes. Totally. Totally. Because then it's like, your per, your perception of life changes, your perception of even scripture changes. So, like, you know mm-hmm. how you hear people say, you got to be like Christ. Like, okay, what does that mean? If we actually went and we looked at Christ and his characteristics and his habits and what he was doing, mm-hmm. to me, I see a very self-aware, in-tune man. We see, and, and Jesus was up on one. the, very rebellious, very much... Um, Jesus was up on the mountains and meditating and talking with the Father up before dawn. Mm. So when I hear "Be like Christ," I'm like, "Okay, bet I'll get in that bag." And I, um, I never view it like that before, just because I wasn't exposed to um, that type of thinking, and that's not how the Scripture is taught. So, like, I, I, it's really gotten to the point where, like, I view sacred texts very metaphysically. Um, not at a surface level in any capacity. Mm-hmm. It's like, why would you take any sacred text literally? Like, if it's a well, sacred text. They always say, um, you know, uh, Jordan Maxwell is one of the guys. He's been able to pull together a lot of stuff. It's astrotheology. Mm-hmm. So if you if you understand that we live in a stimulus response loop, mm-hmm. right? So when the sun comes out and it comes out at seventy degrees, there's changes that's happening to all of us on the earth, right? At yeah. seventy degree weather, especially in Detroit. I mean, it gets 70 degrees. Man, listen, if it gets, if it's been like 10, 20 outside and it get to 50, oh, we tripping. We, we, Cutting we got, up. got the top down. Not black. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Black people. But the top is down, right? We got white people wear shorts when it's 10, 20 anyway. But black people, oh, it's 50. So there's a there's a response based on the sun. Mm-hmm. So then when you start talking about all the other planets, if you are responding to the sun and they have solar news that mm-hmm. I watch, like mm-hmm. we just had a couple solar flares the other day that came through. You really? don't even know how that, yeah. how that affects you. Yeah. You know how the wind affects you. You know how the sun affects you. You don't know how the moon affects you. You don't mm-hmm. know how Saturn affects you. You yeah. know, but then we call start calling that astrology, right? But it's just a stimulus response loop, mm-hmm. right? It's all interconnected, mm-hmm. and so when you understand that feedback mechanism in that loop, you understand that at specific points of time in nature. Yeah, you're going to just respond to how the planetary alignments are happening. And that's not woo-woo. That's damn, that's just science. That, and that what you just said, I would have viewed that as woo-woo. Mm. And it's just like, I mean, it's it's just literally how things are created. It, it Like, not to say it's not that deep because it absolutely is, but like, figuratively, like, it's not that deep, y'all. Mm-mm. No, no, it's not. Because again, the sun comes out, you respond to it. Yep. It's not that deep. Yep. You know, but again, the belief. So let's talk about the uh, subconscious reprogramming because we know that the conscious mind is uh, probably about what, four, five percent? Yeah. The rest is all what? Subconscious. So, I mean, yeah, I I hear some scientists say 90 percent subconscious. I hear some scientists say 98. 97. Yeah. 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 I mean, like that's. That's my favorite thing to talk about, and it's the work that I do in helping people subconsciously reprogram their line, their their minds so that they can live a life of purpose um, in what they do. And I, the the subconscious is probably something that keeps me, it has to keep me open because I constantly have to be in a state of um, self-awareness and exploration and exposing myself to new because if I'm not exposing myself to new, I'm just staying stuck on the same program that my subconscious has been running my whole life because that's its job. Okay, Mm. I'm going to take all of your experiences, everything you've seen, everything you've heard, and I'm going to spit that back to you because that's the program we're on. So unless you give me something new, I'm going to keep doing that. And even when you do give me something new, I'm going to I'm cause you to resist because mm. my job is to keep you on that program, which is why I think subconscious reprogramming is so important because it's like it's the science behind why it's so hard to start a new habit or, you know, to go for that venture or to make that move because your subconscious is like, no, we don't we don't take risk because remember what happened when you were six and mm. you took that risk. Mm-hmm. OK, so let me start putting you in fight or flight so you can start sweating. So that you can mm. consciously reason on why you shouldn't do this, even though this is the exact thing that you need to do. And mm-hmm. I think the only way you can work through that is the work that you do, helping people to 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 get out of fight or flight so that they can actually mm-hmm. be at ease and tap into that intuition that is connected to the subconscious mind. We you all know? speak in the same language now. Yeah. And it's about it's about it's about letting go. 
And mm-hmm. it's, it, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. I swear, I swear, I say this about every episode. Yeah. And it, because when you start looking at your technology and, and, and the technology is mimicking who you are. So if your phone has all this... All these videos on it, you don't got space. It's going slow, mm. right? When we're talking about God say, get up in the morning, at those times, what's happening? Nothing is happening. Silence mm. is happening. Mm-hmm. You have space. Mm-hmm. So I find that we're like a layer one. We're like one of the beginning steps because of how to know God, if being in fight or flight or freeze is your experience, then if you come to inception and you just come do circuits and you get opened up, you're out of those patterns, now God, that you are, that's present, mm-hmm. shines through. Mm-hmm. You can't shine through when when the programming. You ever seen Westworld? Oh, you no. yeah, oh, man. Alexis. Yeah. <laughs> You gotta go see Westworld. Okay. You you specifically because we're talking about subconscious programming. That show yeah. is nothing about that. We are robots. Mm. We're robots. When 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 a robot that Anthony Robbins is talking to, an AI mm-hmm. tells you, yeah, y'all like stuck in a loop, and we we have been stuck in loops. We talk, we talk about living in a stimulus response feedback loop, right? Mm-hmm. But like you said, if you stuck in that pattern. And that's what we talked about. Oh, get out the boat. Faith of a mustard seed, right? Mm-hmm. Because it takes that. Mm-hmm. It takes that. That in that little etch, that little inch, and you got to keep doing it and crashing against the waves to start to reprogram. Now I've done. I've used a lot of modalities in ro- reprogramming mm-hmm. because a lot of times in reprogramming, we want to reprogram, try to reprogram the, con- the unconscious mind consciously. No. like doing affirmations in the mirror you're conscious you're fully conscious and it's like it's like it's levels and it's steps Mm -hmm. but you can't get to the affirmation part you got to go way back to trauma or as you Mm -hmm. say the issues in your tissues Mm -hmm. first and foremost because you got to bring up all that stuff that is connected to whatever habit you're trying to break and reaffirm something new for Mm -hmm. um then you got to get to the point where you're facing the resistance of like, okay, I'm trying to affirm this new thing and, mm-hmm. and figure out what it is that I want to be and exposing yourself to that new knowledge and all of that. You have to be aware first and foremost of this limiting belief that you might be holding before you can get to the affirmation. And you have to know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Or you saying the affirmation is... um kind of null and void and it's probably going to piss you off because you're not going to see any results from it. Yeah, it can work, but you got to go through your process. Taking seeds and putting them on the concrete, yeah. not tilling the ground first. These are all biblical yeah. concepts about the mind. You know. And Christ Christ consciousness, some people still believe that a physical Jesus is coming back. I don't think that. Mm-hmm. After reading it, it's not that. It's never been about that. Go look at other books. It's mm-hmm. about You know what's about? That I found, this is just my own perspective, yeah. and this is what a lot of people have been saying too. It's it's not it's not the physical rapture or anything. It's the consciousness. Mm-hmm. Follow me as I follow Christ. Christ illuminates. What does Christ illuminate? Your subconscious. Mm-hmm. I think it's the reason he was called the most high, most enlightened. But but then you have um where that consciousness when you shine the light on your consciousness, your unconsciousness, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. We ain't talked about this part. No, we didn't. So let's talk about the 
the challenges, I mean, we did kind of briefly, but the challenges of going through the healing work and, and having a light shined on your consciousness because mm-hmm. there's a lot of grief when you start to see how you've been living your life. It's funny you saying that literally just invoked an emotional response in me because mm. it it is literally such a hard process. That inner work is the greatest work I will ever do. Mm. And I've done a lot of good work and I'm going to continue to do a lot of good work. But the inner work, um, you have to face not in and, and, and I don't want to just, you know, harp on, oh, it's the trauma, the trauma, the trauma. Yes, a hundred percent. Um but it's also this discomfort that you face when you come to the truths that you've been denying. I've I found that very hard to deal with, um, especially when you're like, oh, I didn't even realize mm. that I was thinking in this way. It, it almost um, for, for some things with me will invoke a sense of like, wow, I'm so sorry. Mm. I'm sorry that I didn't. Like, it, um, I'll, I'll just give an example. Over the past few years, I've been trying to do some subconscious reprogramming um, to help me to stop overpouring, overgiving, and having to find out what it was connected to and, you know, having memories of me as a child. And even the fact that my family has always been in service my whole life. That's mm. all we've been doing, mm. right? So that, to me, that was what we needed to do. And it was very, very layered. Um, but as I started digging, it didn't just stop there. I ended up having flashbacks and, and memories that came up from my subconscious about, you know, instances where I was a kid and allowed people to cross my boundaries or like mm. um, family members or, you know, whatever. And I would have to apologize to me almost or, or possibly, you know, some people have the theory of like an inner child and sitting there and having that conversation mm-hmm. and saying like, I'm so sorry that I didn't speak up for you. Mm. And then I would say it to big me. I'm mm. so sorry that I didn't speak up for you last month. Mm. And I'm seeing that same habit carried over and realizing there is some part of me that is trying to get me to speak up for myself. So I keep going through these cycles with these people that I have to learn to set my boundaries with because subconsciously I'm trying to heal and get past that and build a new program. You can't go to the next level of the game until you till you till you face it. Oh my God, this is one of the I'm a, I'm gonna talk about this and this is like a spoiler. Okay. So I don't even know if I want to talk about it because I want people to see it. Have you seen Moon Knight on Disney? Yeah, you saw it. Okay, spoilers. If you're listening to this right now and you have not watched any of Moon Knight, just pause it, go watch Moon Knight, pick it back up. Okay, you know what's crazy is I haven't finished it, so but oh, but that's but what episode but did fine. you leave off on? Um three. Three. Yeah. Damn. I don't know. Did you see Doctor Strange? Sorry. No, I'm gonna hmm. go see that. I'm gonna but go anyway. see that today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But But go ahead, go there, ahead. There's a huge Easter egg in that, in Moon Knight. And it's like it's almost like at times where I watch things, I'm like, who who is orchestrating this and putting these messages in yeah, these yeah, movies? Yeah, yeah. Because you you trying to show me something. And it's like it was a part on a moon night where he could not really his alter ego was a protection mm-hmm. mechanism, as we know. Mm-hmm. That's that's all that's all symptomology mainly is is protection mechanisms. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, mm-hmm. bipolar disorder. No, bipolar response. Man. ADD, no. 
ADHD response. It's a response. It's a response. Trauma. And then I want to go about this about trauma because everybody's talking about trauma. And I'm like, like, that's cool. That's the first step. Right. And you know, I've been talking about trauma for a yeah. while. But I'm like, stop talking about trauma, the event, and trauma, the response as the same thing. They're two different things. Everybody's talking about their trauma event. I'm talking about the trauma response, and mm-hmm. the trauma response was great. That's what your body did to protect you and save you. Mm-hmm. That's great. The event, you can't do nothing with. Nope. The response, though, do you want to stay like that? Hey, body, thank you. I, I appreciate you for doing what you did to help me survive. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate that. I needed to shut down. I needed to run. Mm-hmm. I needed to be frozen. Mm-hmm. I needed to be disassociated. Mm-hmm. But moving forward, body, those things don't serve me anymore. Exactly. Unless there's still a threat in my environment that you feel that we still need to try to protect ourselves from. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case... Cool, because kids don't have an option. Yeah. They don't have an option to get out of their environment, right? Nope. So so that whole thing is is not just acknowledging the trauma event. And you want to understand, like, yeah, you said I'm sorry, but your body, Alexis, your body did everything. You're a kid. You That's yep. instinctual. Yep. And I think there's a difference between subconscious and instinctual neurophysiological responses. Mm -hmm. They're two different things. Mm -hmm. Because your subconscious is not fully developed until you're like seven years old. Does that mean that your brain is not going going to fight, fight, freeze response? No. Nope. I work with kids born with the umbilical cord wrapped around their neck, and they come out frozen, and now they suffer from autoimmune diseases. Mm -hmm. They suffer from... um, um, some of them have also been labeled ADHD, ADD. It's like, no, mm-hmm. the brain was trying to protect itself. Yeah. But back, but that, but that, that moon night, there's an Easter egg in there. You gotta, you gotta, you have to face it. You got to, you have to. It, and like you said, like the trauma is the first step, but now you got to sit and deal with how, okay, what were you feeling? Literally, what was the response that your body had? What did it teach you? Mm-hmm. What what things did it set into place in your mind? What did you learn from that that you've been holding to be true that isn't true anymore? Yeah. Then you can begin the reprogramming. Then you can start being future focused. But it, it does start with the trauma work. But I do think that, um, you know, we have to go beyond that, you know, as well. If we want better. There's, there's levels to the game. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. There's levels to the game. Like when I when I was dealing with anxiety and panic attacks, I read a lot of books. I was 20, 27. At that point, I done read all about quantum physics. I took my mind to the edge. Yeah. Ooh. Right? That I could go mm-hmm. to. We talking about aliens and a new guy. We talking about uh Planet X coming into our solar system. Like I really have my mind. I'm talking about every figure that looked like Jesus that you don't even know about is about eight or nine of them mm-hmm. that all existed in different parts in time and history. We talking about nine eleven truth and conspiracies. I had my mind. I took my mind through the ringer, right, of learning. Mm-hmm. And you got to process all that. How do you even process all of that? Sometimes right? you get to the point where you got to stop. You got to stop. So Cause... then, but then I got there. It's like, but I'm still anxious. Mm-hmm. I'm still having panic attacks. Mm-hmm. I'm still not sleeping well. Mm-hmm. So that's why I look at it as like, you know what? I had, I lived the best life I've ever had when I knew nothing, but what was a two mile radius. So knowledge is not always like, it's knowledge that you can apply, not just 
knowledge for knowledge. I think I think it's dangerous to overload with knowledge without application, without processing it, and with and without and integrating it. it. It's so dangerous. It, you start thinking that you are equipped with something and that you are changing, and you're not, which is like, <laughs> oh God. Baby, the, the, what you're taking your body through, your mind through, it's mm. just not good. It's not good anymore. Like, yeah, I um, I I I pay attention to when my I can feel that my body or my mind is overstimulated. Mm. If I am not in the space to apply it, I don't even need to take it in. Yeah. Just for what? Because it's waste at that it's, point. It's just it's waste, and we're already overstimulated. In general, especially with, you know, social media and information, we, we take in more trauma and information on people that ain't got nothing to do with us. Vicarious trauma. Every day. Vicarious trauma. Every day. And you got you observing that and it's just like 9-11 happened. My mom said, watch it once, turn it off. Yeah. Now we can watch. I mean, Kevin Samuels died the other day, right? Mm-hmm. And then... Okay, do I really want to have a full out opinion of this? If you're on social media, you're about to. You're about to. Yeah. Because your brain cannot unsee. It cannot not try to process. Every little thing you see, the brain has to process it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, junk food information. Yeah. That's what it's kind of like. Exactly. Exactly. And I think it's a, um, a difference between... Oh, this happened in this country. That has nothing to do with me. I do not care. Mm-hmm. As if you are separate from anyone here, right. we're all connected. And okay, I'm just going to protect my mind because th- there is no solution that I can bring to this right now. Let me say a prayer and move on. Um, and I think it's, uh, and I also think it's even more tricky because on social media, the before we can even form an opinion on something, it's already been fed to us because yeah. we we see headlines we we pro- like we were talking about earlier like we process things in memes mm. so it's not even that we're getting information on topics and now we get to sit and process how we feel about it no twitter told you what to feel about it instagram told you what to feel about it the reality is you actually don't have a problem with this but because you just saw a thousand other people raging and being mad now you think you feel that way too mm. because you group think Instead of thinking on your own, but that's because of what you expose yourself to every single day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, that is a whole thing. Um, and so I always ask people, what is it that you that you really feeling? You. Not what was like triggered by something, mm-hmm. you know, that 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 you saw. Mm-hmm. And that introspective, you know, nature. That's why when people come to Inception, they wanna like they wanna uh opt out of floating. And I'm like, floating oh, is the floating. main thing that you need to do to get to that subconscious mind, let your muscles relax, reduce that stimulus. We are dealing with burnout. We are dealing with, uh, what do you want to call it, stimulus fatigue. Mm-hmm. This is a digital detox. Mm-hmm. And then your body, too, all that Epsom salt and that magnesium stuff. I want to get in there now just talking about it. No, literally, that you heard me take that deep <laughs> breath. I'm like, like yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. My first time in the float tank. The first 10 minutes, I was tripping. Like, my body mm. was, like, shaking. And and as someone who, like, meditates regularly and is doing circular breathing and is self-aware and doing all the stuff, I was like... What is that? What, what you got going on here, mm-hmm. girl? But, you know, all your senses are shut off. So, you, you it's really just you. 
Mm-hmm. It's just you, like having to do nothing. And the Epsom salt is helping your body to just naturally float. So you literally just have to sit and be. My first time in that float tank for those 10 minutes, I was like heart rate was up. And and then eventually, like, you know, obviously things eased out. But I mm. was really shook in there my first 10 minutes. Listen, by the time I did floating for the first time, I had done thousands of hours of brain training and stuff mm. and all these other modalities. I got mm. in there. I was like, what the hell? I'm getting out of this thing. Ain't no way I'm sitting in this thing. What, I why didn't would you get there. in here? Because it, it, <laughs> it brings, the, it's the subconscious. <laughs> so much stuff is coming up that you have to yeah. be uncomfortable with and you don't want to. Like to the point where your body, my body was twitching in there and I'm like, oh, okay, no, you need to stay. Because I was going to get out. I was, I was too. Out. Only thing that kept me in was a date out of took, and she was in the other room, and I didn't want to hear her mouth. Mm-hmm. That's the only reason I stayed in. I was like, because I'm thinking like, but I read the book too, and I was like, okay, I understand. I was in a tank that didn't have any light, any sound. It was all pitch black. It had a humidity issue. It's one of the ones you you crawl into. This is the oasis tank. See, oh. our tanks is like a glass door. Y'all tripping. Like, I, <laughs> I got in a casket, okay? Y'all tripping. Got in a glass door. Got no. little neon the lights. Little you can neon change light. the light under there. Okay, but like, it is pretty dark in there, yeah, though. I, now. I, okay, I, I I get it. And I ain't gonna, I'm not going to be mad if you tripping out because I had a mini panic attack. And I was yeah. like, I thought I'm done with panic attacks. How am I having a panic attack? Because, too, just think about this. All mm-hmm. the work that you're doing, right? Let's mm-hmm. say you're doing a lot of psychological work. Mm-hmm. But the body... The body, mm. the issues in there. So the body's like, oh, okay, we get to fully relax now. So that jerking and all that, that's that's the energy dissipating. Mm-hmm. And then the mind, when you get in there, oh, there's zero. There's not zero stimulus. There's very reduced stimulus. Yeah. Gravity is huge. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, oh, I heard all my thoughts and I couldn't shut it off. It's like, yeah, because... Now you're highly aware what's always been present. Mm-hmm. You know, people talk. How many people do you work with on a day to day basis, or in your industry that you hear them say, "My mind, I can't stop my mind from racing." Everyone, and it's to the point where um, some people that come to me um, for the subconscious reprogramming will be like, no, I meditated before. Like, that don't work mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. You, you know, meditation don't work for everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, yeah. you know, that's 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 very commonly the case. Um, or or I'm creative. My mind races, I'm s- creative. Don't that's get me started on that. <laughs> don't get me started on that because I actually feel very passionate. I w- and I literally just talked to my best friend about this last night, how there is... How creativity is associated with mental illness, even though mental illness is literally scientifically proven to kill creativity. Um, And people blame their chaos on their creativity. And it's like, no, babe, you just don't have discipline. You just haven't stilled yourself. You don't have no space. You don't have no space. You don't have no stillness. You don't have no stillness. You can't be still. Why are we going to the, uh, why do you think we're going to the, uh, to the, uh, when when we go to record our music and stuff, why are we smoking weed and doing all this other stuff? Because we need to alter our state of consciousness to be able to get a download. But you can't get a download when your mind is just got filled with just junk. Yeah. I started watching so much Ozark because I was trying to catch up on it, whatever. Next, you know, I'm start, I started talking like I was uh, some type of uh, <laughs> money laundering, drug what? dealer. My girl was like, what? Are you good? <laughs> she was like, David, you sound like you sound like this. I was like, yo, I've been watching too much of this at night. Mm, especially right before bed. Yeah, no. That's, 
you don't you 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 you're absorbing it. Yeah. There's no. Well, nah, that didn't affect me. Oh no, it did. Take your take your take your finger, your index finger, and then just take a little pa- piece of paper and run it across your finger and see that little that little that little cut mm-hmm. and see if that didn't affect you. Mm-hmm. Little paper cut, you tripping. Oh. Mm-hmm. So what would we think that when we see emotional stuff that that has no effect on us? I don't want to see our people getting killed. Nope. I don't want to see. Our people can't keep arguing about relationally and woman, you ain't good and Bro, man, you ain't I, good. You I know, can, I can't that on social. I cannot. Mm. I, I feel like that has so many of us so bound, um, and and that, I think that that's one of the biggest group things that we have relationships and how women function and how men function, mm. as if we don't all function individually different based off of what our experiences, our mm-hmm. traumas, mm-hmm. our triumphs. Um, yeah, that I could I could talk about that for a while. Yeah. Well, I know your dad is in the work. Yeah. He he does that work. That's his kind of like his mission and just men and understanding how to be a to be a man. Comprehensive. But w- w- without without um all these old school titles on right. it. Like like I grew up by the time I was eleven, my mom was like, Here, let me show you something. Took me over to the washer and dryer, mm-hmm. showed me how to wash and dry my clothes. I love learning how to do human like, things. My dad, my dad taught me how to cook an omelet. Mm. Like so these ideas like like a man can't clean or or a man can't cook. You know, it's like but the thing is, yes, but my mom would come in and still grab certain things to wash. Mm-hmm. It's just like I need you to be sufficient, son. I need you to be able to take care of yourself, yourself. like a human being should. I think everybody should be able to cook. I, I think you should know how to survive. You got to turn your, you got, you got to take care of yourself. Because, because <laughs> it. Mm. And it's a skill set now that if I do know how to cook, do you think I'm not going to serve you? If I know how to do something, do you think I'm not going to serve you? Because why are we together if we're not serving each other? Right. What's the point? What's the point? Literally. What is the point? But it's always the argument about what you can do for me versus you know, somebody who's the mentor me, he said, buddy, if you're not coming to the relationship and coming to a, a place to give, then why are you in it? I think Anthony Robbins talks about that, too. But mm-hmm. it is. You come to give. We come to serve a purpose, right? Yeah. If nothing in here, if we don't sit on these chairs, then they're going to be thrown out. Because why are we using them if we can't sit on them? Exactly. You know, uh, Bell Hooks and All About Love, and I don't want to uh, butcher this quote, but in, in short, she talks <clears throat> about how her definition of love is being willing to use your will to serve another person's purpose. Mm. Like, that's not love. If I, it, you telling me you're committed to my purpose evolving, oh, you it. Come on over. Because what? You're, mm. you're committed to seeing my highest evolvement. Yeah. You're committed to being present in my process of me being everything that God created me to be. Mm-hmm. Making sure that I leave this world empty. That's a writer, but that's not what we're taught in today's society. That's not the the conversation. The conversation is not around what what um, you can do for someone else. It's about what you can get from them. And I, I had to. I I even told a man. He was telling me all these things that he wanted. Um, why he wanted to be with me, and it was all things that I could do for him. 
which I understand. Like, I, I understand mm. the value oh, yeah. that I bring well, to someone. Well, yeah, of course, like somebody say, oh, you my best friend. Of course I'm your best friend because look how much I do for you. But the question is, can I say the same thing about you? And and that was my question. I said, I really appreciate the compliments because essentially what it was was compliments. You know, your mind is this mm. and da-da-da-da-da. You can do this, that, and the third. And so, like, it, on the surface, it sounds like a huge compliment. But what I also heard in the process was, these. this is everything you can do for me. You mm. are very valuable. So I want you in my space instead of, I see what you got going on, Lex. I see God in you and I see what he's been calling you to do. Mm. And I see how committed you are to it. And I feel like I could da 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 da. And I feel like we could da 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 da. And I feel like our purposes are aligned. That's rarely the conversation um, based off of what society, in my opinion, is trying to like, force in terms of like how relationships and men and women function so, so let's talk about that too the the, the noise because mm-hmm. it's because we hear whispers of things yeah you know and i've heard whispers since i was a kid you mm-hmm. know about certain things before internet was ever created but now you got the whispers or just it just amplifies the whispers mm-hmm. right um and so the whispers is about is much different than what reality is Mm-hmm. Your mom and dad is, are in a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. They've been married for a long time. Doesn't mean that they don't have their their issues. My grandparents was married for like what, 60 years. Oh, mm-hmm. they had their stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They had their stuff. My parents Everybody. was married for 30 years. They divorced. But at the same time, they put in 30 years. Yeah. Like people getting in marriages, they done at the divorce rate. You done in, a, done in six months. Yeah. Because marriage became about this thing about like, like this the way to like get seen. Yeah, you know, for social. Look at my marriage and look at this and look at that. I'm like, if I'm in a relationship, you ain't gonna know. I'm not gonna. I ain't gonna just be all telling you. Okay. I I may say something, but I'm not letting it in. Yeah, no. I I, I think the things that are most valuable to me are the things that I protect the most. So if I have a sacred partnership with someone. I like how you said that. Yeah, that because to me that's what it is. Um, well, that's what that's what the desire is, right? Like, mm-hmm. it, it should be life partnership. Because again, because mm-hmm. it's to me, it's based off of I'm willing to serve your purpose. You're willing to serve mine. That mm-hmm. in itself is sacred. That is beautiful. That is powerful. And um, unfortunately, I don't remember what I was saying right before that. But yep, sacred partnership. That's that's my jam. That's my word. <laughs> yeah. Well. It's- and and safe place. Yeah. Because being in a relationship, one, you got to be safe with yourself. Yeah, you can't have sacred partnership with someone unless you have one with you. And back down to the to to um, how to know God, first level, fight or flight. Well, what does fight or flight freeze response represent? Mm-hmm. Represents a lack of safety. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why do why why is the hood such a stigma about the hood? What is it? That makes the hood the hood. You know the biggest thing that makes it the hood? What? Lack of safety. Yeah. And what makes the hood not safe? People not mm-hmm. being safe. Mm-hmm. And then we need to move out of that and go to a white neighborhood that has what? Safety. safety. Everything mm-hmm. is about safety. Mm-hmm. Everything is about not just safety, but too being able to experience something traumatic but being able to transmute that and move from post-traumatic stress to growth. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But we're stuck. We're stuck mm-hmm. in these patterns. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the, the these are the first steps. You can't get to 
You can't get to relational stuff when you primal. When you're stuck in primal brain. And a lot of people are stuck in reptilian-based relationships. Woo! <laughs> Listen. Reptilian-based relationships. Explain that. Oh, my God. Because when you're stuck in fight, flight, or freeze, that's your reptilian part of your brain. Mm-hmm. So when you're stuck in that and your partner's stuck in that, then you're basically just two reptiles. Reptiles who are triggered off each other. You're, you're, you're not, we talked about consciousness. Mm-hmm. So what part of that subconscious is the reptilian brain associated with that? Yeah, it's all interconnected. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, that's what I mean about that. It's just people are, um, they're not aware. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's why one of the, one of the things that I think is most important, one of the things that I will teach my, my daughters and my son is like, before you start trying to get to know someone else, you have to get to know you. Mm. Like you, you have to be to the point where you should be able to know if someone is good for you by how your nervous system responds to them. How is your breathing when they are around? Mm. Are you nervous? Mm. And I'm not talking about butterflies nervous. No, but guess what I found? What? Those butterfly ner- nervous is the system saying, run, bitch, get some help. <laughs> 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 Yo, when you can't eat, Okay, no, yeah, no, that's when, a, that's when you when you when you, you you never been on a date or anything and you feel you feel like so anxious and so nervous about something, maybe this person you think is butterflies. Oh no, 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 no. That's your body saying, baby, that's that's some you, you need, need to, to run it. from that. I think that we actually are are taught to ignore the red flags and to that was the lesson that I learned too mm. over the past few years of like we literally Every time, and I literally did case studies on the men that I was dating and, like, took notes. And she did case studies. I'll yeah. tell you about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah, for real. And, and had my friends do mm-hmm. it, too. I'm like, look, y'all, mm-hmm. let's test this, okay? Mm-hmm. So any red flag I picked up on, even if it was upon the first 10 seconds of meeting someone, I wrote it down. And I think that typically we're like, well, you got to give them another chance. It was just one day. You don't really, you don't know them. Immediately teaching me that I shouldn't trust my intuition and what I pick up on. Mm. And every single time, and I ask all my home, my homegirls, like, and even my homeboys, like, okay, when y'all first met this woman or this man, what was the thing that made you go, hmm? And it's always the thing that made them end. It's always connected to it. Always. Yeah. So I would go back on my notes and be like, okay, like, this thing that I saw in the first 30 minutes... It, it may not have been a, a, a big blaring rare red flag, but it was like foundational for whatever the reason was for the disconnect. And I think that if we paid attention to those red flags, to those feelings, to our nervous system, to the things that, you know, make us just wince just a little bit. That stuff is on a higher le- level up of consciousness, though. Yeah. You can't feel your feelings when you don't feel your feelings. You can't. When you're so, stuck in and that's trauma what I'm pattern, saying, like, right? or, your, or your feelings... Your feelings are always so heightened that you can't separate anything outside of, like, anger or... Yeah. You know, as people are stuck in fight or flight, you can tell pupils are dilated. The voice is raised extra. Yeah. You know, they, they're, they're very... Um, you know, they think that they're high-strung. They say, mm-hmm. I'm just a high-strung person. They start attaching all these personality traits to their trauma pattern and thinking yep. that is them. It's like, that ain't you. So, yeah, when you meet... you Again, reptilian, you... yeah. You know, yeah, and then too, how the brain wires itself, it starts to see those patterns as positives. Yes, okay, this is the program we're following. Yeah, 
literally mm. it's so crazy how the, the the programming works man it literally dictates everything it's all based on programming mm-hmm. and i had a uh i posted a quote on my ig that mm-hmm. was uh i'm gonna pull it up too i thought that was pretty cool what it said it says oh did it go dang no we are not survival of the fittest we are survival of the nurtured mm. however you were nurtured mm-hmm. growing up mm-hmm. and and the lack of nurturing is a nurturing hundred percent. Right. So, however you were nurtured, mm-hmm. I've I've seen people who, again, growing up, my parents let my nervous system get challenged. Mm. You know, without saving you, right? They in like small little ways. Mm-hmm. David, go collect the money because we used to have a landscaping company. My dad used to say, "Go collect the money from them." Oh, I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Why am I scared? Because it's new and I, I don't right. know. And they, and I got it. You know, you don't know why. Oh, you're in class. Raise your hand. You all those little things. You know. If those, if those, the brain sees those things as trauma, like you'll start to avoid those things, you know, mm-hmm. you know. So, um, how you're nurtured, young, and the things that that just dictates how you're gonna be when you get older. Yep. And I used to hear this thing: you can't teach an old dog new tricks. When I was younger, I used to hear it so much. I used to hear the whispers of once you adopted a habit that that stuck. Yeah. And then in the early 2000s, I heard of neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and so when I did start experiencing anxiety and panic attacks, I was like, nah. I was like, I wasn't denying what I was experiencing. I was denying the fact that I'm not going to stay here. Mm-hmm. I, somehow this happened, I'm going to undo it. That was my thought process, you know? Yeah. So, so again, it just back down to, yeah, you might have been nurtured a certain way, but it's not anybody else's responsibility whether how you nurture yourself moving forward as you grow up. Nope. And people are stuck in that, and here we are. This is the game that we play. I think we're playing a similar game. Your dad yeah. plays a similar game with yeah. me. You know, what is the game that we're playing? Well, how many people can we assist mm-hmm. on their journey mm-hmm. of awakening? Because mm-hmm. really, you heard a population collapse? No. You ever heard of that? No. Oh, we, we kind of like going down population collapse with... We talked about relationships. If relationships aren't working, then kids aren't being born. Mm. And if kids aren't being born, then what happens to society? Mm. What happens when your cells and your body stop reproducing? Mm. You die. Mm-hmm. So we literally look up Google co- uh, population collapse. It's, mm-hmm. it's happening in Japan. Huge. Mm. Japan, they're so isolated. This was before pandemic. They have hug far- farms and factories. You said they have what? Hug farms, like cuddle farms. Like, we can go just pay somebody, lay your head in their lap, wow. or they hug you. Yeah. Yeah. The pandemic wow. made it even worse. Yeah. Oh, I can imagine. Mm. This is happening here. Japan, techn- technologically, way far more advanced than us. Mm-hmm. So they've been on that social. They've been on all that technological wave. That's what's happening to us. Maybe not black people. I don't know, because we're we going to keep having our babies. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we ain't not, not having no babies now. Nah. Yeah. I don't know if that's not our that's our problem. I don't know if that's our problem. I haven't looked at the numbers, but mm. you know that so. is interesting. What the population collapse? Yeah. yeah, well, yeah. So um, that's where we at, man. We we we're we're trying to 
We're light workers. You ever heard that? Yeah, yeah. Light worker. You yeah. know, you're trying to you're trying to bring light. You know, in the Bible, talking about this little light of mine, let it shine, and all this stuff. Well, what is that light? What if that life is being suffocated by the subconscious and by the programming mm-hmm. and by the trauma and by mm-hmm. keep going on and on? Yeah, I, I always tell um, my clients um, that my job is just to hold up the mirror. That's, that's what that's, makes it, yeah. it, it powerful because you can't see your own blind spots. I don't care how no. self-aware you are. Because, like, like <clears throat> I even have coaches, business coach, life coach, even though, like, I help people reprogram their mm. mind, I cannot see my blind spots. So I need someone on occasion to hold up the mirror for me. And life will hold up the mirror for you, too, if you pay attention. But um, I think that that's what it's all about um, in, in, in my lane. And I think that people like yourself, um, you know, Companies like Inception, it is it, so needed, and I hope that um, people lean into it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and are just led by that that still small voice to become more self aware. Know thyself. Know, know thyself. thyself and be thyself. Yeah, you remember the Matrix movie? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I did a whole, I did like three different episodes, Awakening from the Trauma Matrix, one, two, and three. Mm. And in that kitchen, when he was in there with that oracle. Mm-hmm. Who's the prophetess? Who's mm-hmm. the all-knowing? You brought him to him, mm-hmm. and he says he want to know who he is. He want her to tell him, mm-hmm. and she said, "Baby, you see that sign up there? You know what that means?" He said, "No." She said, "That means know thyself. Mm-hmm. Like knowing your fear, the one is kind of like being in love. Mm-hmm. You just know. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, we're all the one. Mm-hmm. Nobody's coming to save us. Nope. Now I'm. I'm. Jason is a Morpheus. Mm-hmm. I'm a Morpheus. You're a Morpheus. You say, I just hurt, hold up the mirror. All I say is, hey, here's these these pills. Yeah, yeah. Here's these truths. You can choose whether you choose. Mm-hmm. And whether and if you want to go and not choose that, then that's cool. I, I accept people who just like, you know what, man? I just going to be who I am. Cool. 100%. I ain't got to waste no energy on you. I, I'm good. Don't try to stop what I'm doing, but just be what you just do your thing. Yep, because that's them being self aware in their own sense. Their own like sense, I am yeah. not willing to change. This is where I am, I'm and not I would ready. like to stay here. I'm not, and that is them indirectly saying I am not ready for all of that. And that's cool. Mm-hmm. It's people bring people in to see me all the time, and they bring in people who are not ready. It's like you you're trying to you're trying to no, that's not gonna work. You can't you know, save that person. You can't make that person. That person has to have the the will. Did you ever, um, in your type of work, and because this is something that is so passionately connected to your being and what you feel led to do on this earth, were you ever in a space where you found yourself trying to, like, like I, I got this good news. I got this, this, Hell you yeah. know, like, so how, how it, did it you. It started off in the Christian world when I was in the church. I'm just wanting to tell everybody about Jesus. and so when right, everybody right. gets saved. So I'm overzealous about it. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But then Without when you. Tact. But when you, when you overzealous and I caught myself real quick, I'm in high school. I put up a notebook the other day that I had when I was 17 years old. Let mm. my girl read it. She, I, I read some stuff to her. She was like, wow, mm. you writing this stuff when you're 17. I'm like, you know what? This was always in me, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was born with a certain level of consciousness. Mm-hmm. You know, I think differently. But I was, me and my dad, when we first got our technology, the first brain training technology we had, 
we we came back and we we was zealous. We thought, oh man, like people gonna be rushing in to get hit. They gonna get better and stuff. Mm-hmm. Nope. A familiar pain is greater than an unfamiliar gain. Mm-hmm. And so through even with my clients who did come through the door, I found myself codependent to them at times and being mm-hmm. so attached to their outcome. Mm-hmm. If they, well, I felt anxious today. Oh, let me let me try to change up the protocols. Let me like no no. Okay, you're supposed to feel. Right. So now when people call me at inception, oh, this person in here is crying. I'm like, cool, let them cry. Right. Because I understand the process and then I'm not attached to their outcome. Yep. How do you think that ego plays a role in that part of getting attached to people's outcomes? Oh, man, I've been in the wellness world for 15 years and I see a lot of people in it just was in it just for that. That ego sake, like I'm not a doctor. I don't choose. I don't. I don't act like I'm a doctor. Mm-hmm. I just know what I know for myself. Mm-hmm. I want to apply these principles to myself. Mm-hmm. I want you to be able to take self care and self responsibility for yourself. But then you start getting into the to the natural path world or whatever, and you know they they're the ones. It's the same thing as the the traditional medical system is just mm-hmm. that form. And everybody who created a modality that I that I experienced. A lot of people just thought their modality was the only thing, and that's it. That part. That's it. I don't believe that inception is the only thing. No, there's a lot of ways you can heal trauma. This is just my system and how I did it. Yep. You don't have to do it my way. Yep. You know, you don't have to follow this system. Mm -hmm. But to duplicate something on a mass scale Mm -hmm. that somebody can go through without... Because, again, you go see um, people who open, like... um, holistic spas and things of that nature or Mm -hmm. wellness centers. Mm -hmm. Well, you got 10 different people there that got to get paid and it never works. Mm. Because everybody needs that client. Right. 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 Everybody, every person may need those practitioners, but they ain't got money to pay 10 of them. Right. You know, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's been, it's been interesting seeing that the transitions, but I got, I, I never, I just was, because I was already zealous, I got caught up mm-hmm. younger. Mm-hmm. But when you're older, you're like, I ain't falling down that trap. Mm-hmm. But I see people who who awaken. I see this. <laughs> this is funny. Mm-hmm. I see this awakening that people have. Mm-hmm. And then they start believing their own hype. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm so healed. I'm so conscious now. Like, girl, you, you just started. Dude, you just you just started. Like, you just awakened. That's like Neo coming out of the... Coming out of the, the the water now, you know he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm about to take over. We about to run Zion. Like he don't know nothing. You you're not walking the walk yet. Yeah, I think. Uh, Why'd you ask me that? Um, because I I was having moments where when you were talking about the the clients that are just like, Mm-mm, no, I don't want to do that, and remembering times where I would still try and get them to go through it. You know, mm. I still would try and get them because cause I knew the goodness that was in yeah. it. And it's like I had to start asking myself, why do you care to that extent? If you are all about self-awareness and letting things be as is and allowing people to be in their flow, you are now stepping out of alignment, going against someone else's will for their own life. Why? They call that self-determination. Yeah. If, if, if you know... um, I have a family member that's going through transitioning, and if they choose not to eat, that's self-determination. Mm-hmm. They choose not to eat. 
they may not want to be here. Mm -hmm. That's why when Kevorkian was going through all that, you remember the Kevorkian cases and he was helping people kill themselves because they because they were so in pain. Mm. Oh, oh, yeah, remember yeah, that? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, Michigan. Yeah. That was a huge thing. Yeah. And I just at that time when I was younger, I was like, well, what's wrong with that? Those people, they don't want to be here. Mm. You know, mm-hmm. like, and he's helping them transition smoother mm-hmm. versus, and he had them, he would have them on tape and they're like, yo, I, I'm done. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I choose this. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's just back down to the self-determination with people you're working with. Like, listen, uh, this ain't going to be easy. You're going to have to face some things. Um, you want to do this or not. Yep. Right. Yep. Yeah, and I think because um, because now it's to the point where it's like if I come across a client, the the honest truth is like I don't have anyone come to me that's not ready anymore, um, and I I tell people to to not come if you ain't ready, like I don't we shouldn't work together. You're not gonna like me if you are not ready to face you. You will you will have a problem. I, I see with that me. on your post a lot. Like literally, yeah. don't come around, babe, because we I'm not here to play with you. You here to play with you, and we don't have time for that. So if you are ready to face you, you are your greatest friend and your worst enemy, then we can kick it. We can take it there. We can go through this transformation together. I'll hold up that mirror for you. But if you're not, then you should just not. There are other people that might be able to meet you where you're at. You might need to start in therapy. That might be where you, you need to begin your start at. Yeah. And that's another thing that I've seen in that, in in you know, um, I was just in a lift with a woman who um, was in a bad car accident, but mm-hmm. she's driving me. And she's telling me about how good God is. God is great. God is awesome. I'm like, cool, cool. I'm listening. Then she's like, you know, I got in this accident in my body and this and that. And I'm just like, but she kept just impressing about how God good, how good God was. Mm-hmm. I said, and that's cool. I said, you know, but there's a port, portion portion where you need to acknowledge wh- where you are in your body mm-hmm. and start to work towards that mm-hmm. sometimes people in the in the alternative world or self-help world you you're using the wrong tool you don't need a coach you need to go to a therapist mm-hmm. you don't need a therapist you need to go to inception or you may you're going to probably need all of these and but you just where do you start right you know you need all of them but you need to know the right applications with the right stuff a coach is not your therapist at all i have people even current clients I remember I had a client tell me like, okay, so I think I'm going to drop my therapist because these help me more. I said, actually, <laughs> you keep that therapist, please, <laughs> right. because I am not a therapist. Even even when we're in, our, when I'm in my sessions with my clients, sometimes I will be able to see something that happened to them in the past. And mm-hmm. I will bring it up, but I'm not going to talk through it with you. I'm going to say, yeah. hey, I just, I saw this, that, and the third. You need to go talk to a therapist about this because it is blocking where you are now. And I help people deal with the now and where they want to be in the future. Mm-hmm. But you have to go back there first, and then we can get back on track. Don't stop going to your therapist just because you have a life coach or a subconscious reprogramming coach or mm-hmm. whatever. Like, you need, you still got to, that's like the starting point. Yeah. Dealing with that past because it impacts your now and can prevent you from getting to where you want to be in the future. Mm. Yeah. And I think that moving forward, you know, um, these types of conversations and pulling it all together and stop separating things, making it seem like people think, well, if I go here, then do I need to do this? Mm-hmm. I've done like 60 different things. And people say, which one is the best? All of them. I think that's because people want stuff quick. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. But everything works together towards your good as you continue down the path. Right. Of moving forward. Heavy on that part. 
that's the only way that it works together. Because if you stop, then you're not going to see that the pieces have been all coming to place because you stop mid-swing. Yep. And sometimes, it, again, it may be good to stop. I stopped doing a podcast for a second because I needed to rest. I hurt my back. I needed to recover. Mm-hmm. Like, And you know, I was telling you off air, Like, I, I, I can feel in my head, my brain kind of like, oh, you need to... I was like, nah, you need to chill out. Right. Because I understand one thing about this. These thoughts that's going through my head, that's not me. Right. They're just thoughts. They're just thoughts. This is a machine. I I, I run the machine. Mm-hmm. The machine doesn't run me. But when you're a reptile and you're a reptile, then the machine has taken over you. Yeah. And has you stuck in overprotection. Yep. And now being in overprotection... You can't let love in. Mm-hmm. Because you're closed. Because you're closed. It's an open and closed system. You're yep. either open or you're closed. So yep. if y'all want to wake up to this openness, then holler at my girl Alexis and uh, start, go. I don't even know what you're offering them. Because <laughs> uh, a lot of them are brand, it's a lot of branding stuff, right? You you go, go tell, tell us what you do real quick. Yeah. So I have a, a talent management agency called Exalt Management, and um, I help athletes and entertainers reclaim their sense of purpose so that they can live a purpose-driven life and create brands that are authentic and true to them and extensions of who they are. And also understand the difference between who they are and what they do, because there is absolutely a difference. And my method of choice for that is subconscious reprogramming, but my background is in um, branding and digital marketing. So I kind of have combined those two loves to help people um, use their platforms purposefully. Um, And, you know, outside of the branding work, though, I do these things called exaltation sessions. I have intensives where um, we'll hop on a Zoom for 90 minutes and we'll do some subconscious reprogramming. You bring what you need to bring to the table. Sometimes people don't even know. They're like, look, I just know something is off. And then Mm. I'll be able to ask questions, hold up the mirror, and you'll leave that 90-minute intensive feeling like you have a renewed mind, Mm. being able to transform. I give people action plans so that they can actually apply the knowledge that they just gained and learned. Um, if you if you guys need to have a brand clarity session, again, it's always going to be the, from the lens of purpose. We have a 90-minute intensive for that as well. And if you want some really long-term transformation, then I have an exaltation accelerator program where we'll spend 12 weeks together. So we'll have weekly check-ins. You'll be able to, to talk to me throughout the week. Um, you'll have action plans every single week. Because, again, like forming these habits, doing this reprogramming is not like a you know, mm. quick one fix thing. If you if you can make the ninety minute shake, make the ninety minute shake. But if you want something that is like that long term transformational thing, then the twelve week program is probably the best bet. Yeah, and I like how you uh, you take this uh, full holistic approach towards. You know, we talking about branding. We mm-hmm. talking about, but you're like, what does all this got to do with business? But I, but it it's because your all business there. can only be a reflection of you. It's all there, and yeah. and I think that. When you came to me some years ago, I don't even think I was called the first mental health gym yet. You weren't, but you saw you saw the, but that you saw the transformation that Inception mm-hmm. had. But that was because of me. Mm-hmm. I had to have an awareness about who I was and what I was doing. I had to stop that part. I needed to move away because I was trying to move away from the whole trauma stuff. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to have my facility. You come in, you do it, boom, 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 right? And uh, no. 
that's not what it was. Yeah. Who I always was was this work, this trauma-based work. Yep. I just had to bring that back in the fold. And I remember I, your dad was one of the first people I told to. I said, man, we now call this we the mental health gym. He was like, yo, that's awesome. I love it. Yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, so, but, you know, I didn't have someone like you. Mm-hmm. I'm doing it myself. I'm doing my own work. Mm-hmm. And luckily know? you're equipped with the knowledge and tools that you need to do that. Um, yeah. You had a whole mental health gym that you could tap into as well. Um, but the average person doesn't and don't e- doesn't even have the awareness to go seek those type of things out. But I, I love that. So the more aware you became of self and connected to your purpose, the more you were able to go operate in it. And now Inception, you know, is is doing so well. Your platforms have grown. Your numbers have gone up. You have, you know, Charlemagne on board and all mm-hmm. types of people on board supporting the work that you're doing. And it started with that alignment with yourself. Yep. And that's what I help people to do. Because if you're not in alignment with you, nothing around you is going yeah. to be in alignment. Especially if you're talking about branding and business. It's like, why are you even in business? What are you... Your your brand purpose, your brand values, yeah. your brand proposition, all of these foundational things as to why your business or brand exists. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't have a real purpose and a real why, if you aren't bringing value to the world, one, you're going to burn out. Two, your business is going to fail as mm-hmm. well. And mm-hmm. you're going to be unfulfilled. Yeah. You're going to be extremely unfulfilled. And um, that's why I think is especially in working with talent, they can often get super connected to the work that they do. They feel so attached to the music. They feel so attached to basketball. They feel so mm. attached to football. They don't They don't dream beyond the field. Really? No. Really? Yes, because, because their identity has mm. been placed in what mm. they do instead of who they are. Yeah. So they're not thinking about, okay, what am I doing after football? No, football is life for them. Yeah. I'm going to just transition yeah. to a coach. They do guys, the standard thing. I thought guys got out of that a long time ago. From uh, starting to understand, but I, I guess I'm still, it, we're in a transition, so I'm getting confused with the transition versus what is. No, it, it's starting Athletes to come Athletes are up. starting to transition into understanding their value in spaces, but they're still not, they're still not business guys. No, no, no. No, they're, they're, they're not. And some are, and it's the ones that are making the effort to do not just the external things of getting people positioned on the business front, but they're doing that internal work to become more mm-hmm. aware. They're mm-hmm. going to therapy. They're doing subconscious reprogramming. They're going to facilities like Inception mm-hmm. because they understand that who they are is not what they do yeah. and that they have to have a, a good sense of self-awareness and purpose in order for them to even have the energy to do things outside of football. Most of them go on autopilot and say, okay, well, I'll – um, I'll coach or I'll do sports broadcasting or I'll do something at ESPN because that's what you commonly see mm. instead of saying, okay, let me actually see. Okay, my, my purpose in this season was to play in the NFL or to play in the NBA. But let me sit with myself and see what is next up for me. Let me mm. sit with myself and steal my, my body and my mind and my spirit enough so that I can have foresight into how things are going to be 20 years down the line so mm. that I can start priming my audience accordingly so that you guys don't put me in this box as a, a football player or a ball player or, or this, that, and a third. And I can start priming y'all 
20 years out because I'm actually going to have, I'm actually going to be a veterinarian or whatever. Like mm. those things help to build your brand. It, it helps me to get partnerships for my clients that are actually aligned with their purpose and their passions versus, okay, well, it makes, it would make sense for you to do this. Like, mm. how about we actually go to that deep thing within you that we might have to pull, pull up, but what you were actually created to do. And it changes seasonally, but you won't know that unless you go and do that work to figure it out. Yeah. And it helps you kind of begin with the end in mind too. And I, and that reminds me of God as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like everything is intentional. Everything has a blueprint, but you, mm. you know, you don't have a blueprint because you don't know you haven't, like you said, you haven't looked under the hood. Nope. You know, and I'm looking more and more under the hood myself and finding out things that, you know, that I never thought, that I would be doing, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I'm working with the Pistons now. Like, and I thought that was cool. Just like, man, I, mm-hmm. I used to go to the games at the palace right. as a kid, you know, yeah. not, not saw my face on the jumbotron. I'm like, what is right. happening right now? Right. And I, and I realized like, yo, Dave, that's your inner work, man. Mm-hmm. Your inner work you're doing. You yep. had a little old facility. Mm-hmm. Your, your aunt was one of the first people that came to my facility. Mm, really? Her her husband. Wow. Years ago. Wow. 2000. Shoemate came 2007. Oh, wow. 15 years ago. Wow. That's crazy. And then then I met your aunt and then I met your mom. And then I thought your mom was your aunt. <laughs> <laughs> Twins. I was yes. like, what you doing here? Uh, what you doing here? She's like, what? And then I saw, I was like, oh, how old is your son? And I'm like, I didn't know you had a son. And she's like, no. <laughs> you think I'm, I'm a twin. twin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. Then I met your dad, and me and your dad been connected ever since. Yeah, you know, went to the pours together, mm-hmm. went to high school together. It was not the same year, but we went to the same high school. Really? Yeah, the same Marty pours. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yep. Wow. So that's a that's a connection. Um, and then he knew my cousin. So we had a lot of connections. Yeah, clearly there. Um, but I'm I'm bringing all out to say that's all those connections are there for a reason. Again, doing the work, like seeing your dad go where he's going, mm-hmm. seeing where you're ex- extending to your your family, y'all all ascending. And I'm just like, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And we cross over like yep. the Avengers. Listen, I love the Marvel references that we've been having. I love all Marvel. During this podcast, I must say. I probably can do a whole podcast, like, show just on all the work of Marvel. How do you feel about Age of Ultron? I thought it was trash. <laughs> you can, y'all can cut the cameras. <laughs> you like that? Yes! No, that's because, you know why you liked it? Tell because me. you didn't see, you didn't see the cartoon show. The cartoon show has see with Age of Ultron, they smashed everything in there. Was no buildup. Ultron was never just come okay. out. Just all of a sudden, hey, okay. I'm waking up. The world is jacked up. I'm gonna tear okay. it up. It okay. was just like too much. I give you that. I give you that. But but Winter Soldier was one of my favorite ones. I'm gonna go see this. I'm gonna go see this Doctor Strange too today though. So oh my gosh, it's so good. It's it's very dark. Um, but it's very good. Lots of sorcery. I mean, it's, it's Scarlet Witch, so it's like, oh, okay. you know, yeah. she be in that one bag, yeah. that that dark dark yeah. magic bag, and it's yeah. it's very prevalent for the majority of the movie. Well, I'm gonna take you up on your recommendation, and uh, please go 
watch um was Westworld. Westworld. Until next time, guys. La, 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 You've been la, listening la, to the la, Inner Wealth Podcast la, on EYL. La, la, la. Get out the Matrix and Theme song produced by Be Ready for West Coast Creations. I am Razcast, reminding you to take action, be proactive, be congruent. Get out of the matrix, get your mind right. We've automated mental health at inception. Join the movement. Inner wealth podcast. Inner wealth podcast. Inner wealth podcast. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For ninety dollars more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For hundred and thirty more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just three hundred dollars more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.